0: We are the champions, my friends. and we'll keep on fighting till the end.
1: He said, whatever, I'll say it myself.
0: We are the champions. We are the champions. No time for Roll Tide. Because we are the champions Whoa. of the National College Athletic Association football. <laughs> Athletic. Welcome in to this episode of Let's Get It. National champion Chase Martos here alongside Justin Helms.
1: National runner-up.
0: Well, this is not a gloating show. This is a remnants show. This is a... What does this sh- championship mean to Georgia fans? Show what does this is an outlook on who's going to be the most annoying fan base in college football this offseason? This is a celebration show of let's get it. Before we get into it, we just want to remind you guys you can follow us on Twitter at LGI underscore podcast as well as TikTok, same username. You can find our show on YouTube, find our YouTube shorts on our YouTube page, um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We've appreciated the amount of support that we've gotten uh, from you guys, especially on YouTube over the past month or so. So keep it up. We'll keep it up as well. Um, Let us know how we can improve, how we can get better, what you think of the show, like and subscribe as well. Let me get a drink of water and then I will talk about this game. Excuse me. It's been 41 years, 41 long years of heartbreak, of sadness, of ups and downs, of um, everything in between. And Monday night, just so many things going through my head right now so many things going through um my head on monday it's just amazing what this team did what this team means to georgia you know it everything just came together monday night and you know there's so many things that i thought of i, I the first thing i thought of was oh, my God, we finally did it. And it was this feeling of relief and this burden off of Georgia fans' back. That's the main thing is the burden off of our backs that just hung there for um, the entire Kirby Smart era, the entire Mark Richt era in the 90s when we would lose to Georgia Tech and Tennessee and Florida every year. And just this 41-year drought just hanging out, like, we've been there so many times. We have been at the top for so many years. We have had this expectation for so many years that we should be there, and then we finally got there. And just the the feeling, it it was almost, I'm not going to compare it to the Cubs winning the World Series, but it is close to that feeling, like, Finally, this has happened. Georgia sports fans have been through so much over the years, since 19, since the 1980s. I mean, dealing with the Falcons, dealing with going to five World Series in a decade and only winning one, dealing with 41 years. Now that's 41. I don't know if I've said that enough on this show already, but. <clears throat> Quite a few. Um. And then all of the heartbreak, you think of, you think of for Georgia game seasons like 2002 when you lose to Florida in an inexplicable way and you go 13-1 and and go to the Sugar Bowl when that could have been a national championship. You think of 2007 when we were just one more win away from going to the national championship. You think of 2012, the tip pass from – Aaron Murray to Chris Conley when we're five yards away from going to the national championship. You think of 2018 or 2017, and you finally think you get over the hump and you win one of those big games, those close games against Oklahoma. And you have that feeling like relief. And then the very next week you lose in the most heartbreaking way possible on second and 26. And then this year, this year in the SEC championship game, you think it's finally our time to beat Alabama. They are not as talented this year. They're not as experienced this year. And we finally did it. It's been 71 days since the Braves won the World Series, and it's been two days since the Dogs won the national championship. Georgia, for, Georgia sports fans deserve this. Georgia sports fans deserve everything that they have gotten in the past 71 days because of how much we have been through for so long. And you think about, you know, I say how long it's been since Georgia's won it. I was born in 1998. That was 18 years after Georgia won the national championship. Our parents were in high school. When Georgia won the national championship last. Well, mine yeah. was. Mine were. Mine were too,
1: yeah. <laughs> I just thought about that.
0: And you know, I think of I think of my family, especially my grandpa, who was the biggest Georgia fan that this world has ever seen. And I hear I, I grow up, I grew up going to Georgia games all the time. They've had season tickets. This was year 60 for them going to the national or going to Georgia games. And, you know, he passed away in March of 2020, but he was the biggest Georgia fan in all in the world. He, he loved going to football games and baseball games and, and, and basketball games. They had season tickets and, you know, I grew up hearing about that 1980 team because that's all Georgia has really had to really celebrate cuz you know we've had we've had great teams since that time. We've had I said the 2002 team all three years that Herschel was there, the 05 team, the 07 team, 2012 team, 2018, 20, 2017 as well. I but we haven't really had anything to really like that was just for Georgia. Everybody's going to remember this national championship game. And, you know, I grew up, like I said, going to Georgia games and I grew up hearing about how fun that 1980 team was and how fun that time was when Herschel Walker was there. And I just thought went like, We've had so many great players that's come by. We've had so many amazing um, – we've had great coaches come through. We've had great players come through that have gone on to have successful NFL careers, but we just haven't gone, gotten over that hump. And to finally do that, I mean, so many emotions, so many things go through my head. I just – when Keely Ringo intercepted that pass, I fell to my knees – I wasn't saying go down, go down because of the fear he was going to fumble. I was elated. I mean, I just – this sense of relief. Yes, we were up eight points, but we've seen what Bryce Young has done in that Auburn game and what he was able to do. And he was driving. They were driving. And, you know, the last thing that I can think of is – all you Florida fans, all you Tennessee fans, all you Georgia Tech fans, all you uh, Auburn fans who have used the lazy argument, even though your teams have had down years for the past decade, we haven't been able to really use the, use the lazy comeback of 1980 And now that Georgia has won this game, you literally have no comeback. Georgia fans are going to be the most annoying fans in college football this year. Oh, yeah. And it's not just because of their own personal stories. You know, I have my story with with my family and what this means to us. But everybody has that same story, too. Everybody has the we've grown up going to games you know, with, with family. This has been uh, a family and friends event. This has been our fall for our entire lives. This is how we grew up. But now, now we have that championship. Now we finally have that and it's all the heartbreak, all of the um, burying of emotions from not having a championship, all of the starving that we have craved for a championship, we finally have one. If you thought that we were the most annoying fan base before this championship, you don't know what's coming this off season. Property was destroyed in Athens, Georgia on Monday night. I don't know if you've seen any videos but
1: yeah I saw a few I saw yeah a
0: few. I'm glad I wasn't down there but that's just me and that's just so much stuff that we've had to deal with over the past 41 years or our entire lives a lot of, for most of us our entire lives and it's all going to come out it's all going to be expressed through barking this entire offseason literal barking and you know yesterday yesterday we were supposed to record but i just felt this sense of like relief and even though i have no control over what goes on in the field what goes on um, with the coaching staff I still I still felt this burden, like a lot of Georgia fans do, just lifted off of my shoulders. And I could just feel – I couldn't stop smiling. <laughs> I went to Academy Sports, got my national championship hat, got my national championship shirt on. Because there is no fan base that is going to appreciate this national championship – more than the University of Georgia fan base will.
1: And I agree with that. As a Bama fan, it it becomes kind of like taken for granted. The the day that Saban retires and Bama stops going to championships over and over and all that everything, like the Bama fans are going to be so, so sick because they're going to realize that the things that Saban is able to do is, is not, that's not normal. Like that doesn't happen all the time. So yeah, like I would say, like as a Bama fan, like I'm mad that we lost the championship. More about the fact that we lost to Georgia than the fact that we lost the championship. Like the fact that we lost the championship, like I'm that's the third or fourth lost championship I've seen now. So it's like it, I feel like yeah, like as a Bama fan, it gets taken for granted a lot. It's like Absolutely. we're just we're okay. we were there, we lost, we won next year, like.
0: And it's, you know, I I said this to a couple of people. It's not just that we won the national championship. It's not just that Georgia got past that barrier and and broke the 41-year drought. It's the fact that it's also the fact that I should say, it's also the fact that we did it against Alabama If we would have come in here against Michigan or Cincinnati or um, I don't know who is another top team, Ohio state, Oklahoma, we would have, yes, we would have expressed our happiness, but we would have also deep down inside still had that felt that burden of, can we beat Alabama? Mm -hmm. And so The fact that Georgia did it against Alabama to win the national championship makes it that much more special. And, God, I I got a little teary-eyed Monday night just lying in bed thinking about everything that I've been through this, like this. And it's not like, it's just crazy to look back on this year specifically. The Bucks won the Super Bowl. The Hawks went to the Eastern Conference Finals when they were heavy underdogs. Yeah. The Braves won the World Series 71 days ago. And the Dogs won the National Championship two days ago. I, I just think about, my God, what a year it's been. And then I look back to 2013, 2014, 2015, when Georgia was averaging nine and three and underperforming like crazy at the end of the Richt era, where, you know, we we came in with all these high expectations and were constantly disappointed. And then on top of that, the Braves were in the middle of a rebuild and the Bucs were on their 75th head coach in 80 years and you know about to draft three more buss in the NFL and I just on their way like I don't know how I got through like I don't even know how how I dealt with that I mean just how big of a sports fan I am how much I love my teams like now that all of my teams are contenders now that all my teams have won the championship and have been through that championship run. I just think, my God, how did I like
1: you got through all of that? You got all of your teams won a championship within what three years? Yeah.
0: Then 365 days.
1: 365 days. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cause Bucks won Super Bowl last
0: year. Yeah. But I gotta admit, this one feels the best.
1: Oh, yeah. What?
0: This Georgia winning the national championship feels the best.
1: Me and you are always college football sports fans before anything. And I think that's absolutely quite <laughs> like where we're always going to be college football is the number one thing. NFL is cool. Baseball. I know you're more into basketball. I'm a little bit more into everything like that. So, but college football is like, like that's that's the sport that we pay attention to for real. And
0: that, yeah. And, and you know, I love the Braves. I, I watch almost every night because I just do. i it's it's my pastime. i I love I love the bucks. I've really gotten into the Hawks the past couple of years, and I've started to get more into the NBA. But like I said, this one right here, this was the real burden that was that was lifted. and, and you know, when the Braves won the World Series, you know, that just that was like the quote unquote Georgia sports curse being lifted. But at the same time, the Braves are the only team in Atlanta that has won a championship in Atlanta. So it was like, yeah, we won that, but we still need a little something more. And Georgia winning the national championship has definitely done that. And I know I'm I'm really rambling right now, but I'm, this win, this win, this, win this win has just like gotten to, like has just my heart soars with the Eagle's nest, Michael Man. Scott.
1: And I wanted to ask you a couple of questions just to get your point of view. So, Of course, you've already said what this win means to Georgia overall historically. But what does this win mean to Georgia for the next three, four years? What does this mean for y'all's program recruiting wise, coaching wise, like expectation wise? I I just want to understand, like, what is because I know there's a lot of teams like being a Bama fan, you see a lot of teams that are happy to just get there once, get there one, and they're like, I don't care. Like, I could be content content for the right. rest of my life. Like, blah, 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 blah. Like, and I just – I don't think that way because I'm a Bama fan and I would like to go back, back, to back. So, I just want to say, like, what, what is the kind of – how does this change Georgia as a program for the next four or five years with well, expectations and recruits and everything like that?
0: i say, number one, Georgia – fans, players, coaches, athletic association, we can breathe. We can take that pressure off. That's over. The burden of can we win the big game is over because we have won the big game. We have beaten the Goliath that is Alabama. And so we can breathe on that front to where, you know, if we don't win one this year, then all hell is not going to break loose. You know what I mean? We got a couple years to breathe before. That's all That's all we said. I joked. I joked that we can go 0-12 next year, and I wouldn't care because Georgia won the national championship. Of course, I'm joking when I say that because yeah. I, I would – because 11. midway through the third quarter when we're playing Oregon and, and Mercedes-Benz on opening weekend, I'm going to be right back to – screaming at my TV and yelling at players that are younger than me play a sport. But I think the expectation stays the same. Every year is national championship or bust that, that to me is the expectation, the way that Kirby smart recruits, the amount of money that we have spent, the amount of money that we're going to continue to spend there is no reason that Georgia should not be in the national title hunt every year. And I don't think that that's going to, to really change. I think Georgia is going to be in that. Of course, Florida gets the hire of Billy Napier. We'll see how that works out. Uh, Tennessee seems to be on the rise. I'll believe that when I see it um, with Josh Hypel hopefully the coach, the sixth coach in 12 years can finally get over the get Tennessee to <clears throat> excuse me, be a competitor in the SEC. So I think that it's not just going to be a runaway in the SEC East for the next couple of years, but Georgia, like I said, the way that we've recruited the expectation stays the same. I believe it's national title or bust every single season. That should be the expectation. Now next year, next year can be tough because offensively of players lost off and Exactly. Offensively. You know, Stetson does have that extra year of eligibility, but I believe that it's Brock Vandegriff's time. I really do. Redshirt freshman. I, from what I've heard, it has the best arm that anybody's ever seen, and he can move with his legs. So, I think it's his time next year. Um, I expect to lose George Pickens. But a lot of those same receivers I expect to be back next year. Brock Bowers is going to be a sophomore. Um, Washington hopefully stays. I, I worry a little bit he might go into the transfer portal. Just I have a niche in my head that thinks he is. But Jermaine Burton will hopefully be back. We'll get Arian Smith back. Um, Rosamie Jack Saint will be another year older. Oscar Delp is coming in as a freshman. But defensively, defensively, I counted, oh, we're gonna have to like it's Kenny McIntosh, Kendall Milton. It's their time as running backs because we lose James Cook and Zamir. But defensively, I counted we could lose 13 players. 13 players, and I have them listed. I want to say. Obviously, Nakobe Dean, Shannon Tindall, and um oh the other running, Quay Walker. Um, Nolan Smith could be gone. Lewis scene could be gone. Chris Smith could be gone. Jordan Davis is gone. Devontae Wyatt, most likely Trayvon Walker, Robert Beale, who quietly had the most sacks on the team this year. Darion Kendrick, Amir speeds already entered the transfer portal and Latavius Brainy is gone too. So at least seven or eight, but most likely 12, 13 players are gone. Now, I've always said, and I'll continue to say it, I don't think defense will ever be a problem under Kirby Smart. But you lose your defensive coordinator and you lose all those players, there's going to be a step back. And the offense is going to have to take a step forward.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. And it's it is, it is always, a um, like I always say as a BAM fan, because that's the only hat I can see it under. But as a Bam fan, like watching the coordinators leave every year and, and having to recoup, like you can always tell there's like a buffer time. If whether it be the first few games of the season, sometimes they come in and they just do really well off bat. Jeremy Pruitt was one of those few coaches where, like, he didn't really have a buffer time. It was like we lost Kirby, and then I forget, I think there was one coordinator in between Kirby and Pruitt, but we lost Kirby, had someone else, and then Pruitt came in. It was just like, boom, like we knew what we were doing. Yeah. But all these other coordinators, like, I'll tell you, Pete Golding has had probably. This is the Pete Golding is probably one of the longest coordinators Saban has kept under him other than Smart. Like, yeah. usually, usually these guys are gone. So, like, they have a buffer time and everything like that. And Georgia will have to deal with that. And, and especially coming in with all these new players, like, there's going to be some times where you're looking at that defense, like, what is going on? But, of course, as long as Kirby Smart is there and they're running Kirby Smart's system, because I don't think Kirby's going to let anyone else run a system other than what he wants to because defense is his baby – so I I'm, I don't think it will be too big of a drop-off or anything like that. And like you said, uh, the expectation is still national championship or bust. Georgia has been contending for that national championship for the last four or five years now, just now able to get one and everything like that. But regardless, like you said, in the SEC, East, Tennessee, no one's scared of Florida. They're going to have to show me something, prove it with Billy Napier first. Yep. Um, same with all the other schools, Missouri, Kentucky, all those other guys. So it's, it's and that's really what's going to be the case is that Georgia, unless Florida challenges or Kentucky or maybe even um, South Carolina with a new coach. But I don't I don't see that happening anytime soon. So for Georgia, it's it's going to remain championship or bus because of what they've been able to do under smart. And as long as smart is there, I think it's going to be that way.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I, the offense is going to need to. It. We we've said before, offense is going to win you championships, and defense is going to win you enough. Now, I think that was wrong this year. I think defense won. This is this Georgia defense. Recency bias here, but this Georgia defense could be the best defense of all time. Um, and you know. They have been what has led Georgia really the past couple of years since Kirby smart has been there. The offense is going to have to take that step forward because you lose Jamari Salyer, but Broderick Jones showed Monday night that he can just step right in and have a really good game. Um, Amarius Mims is a former five-star. You could expect to put it right guard. Tate Ratledge will be back from injury, put it left guard, but You know, it's it's a team that's going to be right there. And um, with the SEC still down next year, I still expect Georgia to go to the SEC championship. But at the same time, you know, if we didn't win Monday night, if Georgia didn't win Monday night, then I think you look at next and then next year. You you be a little bit less realistic when you say Georgia should win the national championship next year because Georgia's probably not going to go in as the favorites. When you look at how much Georgia loses this off season, I mean they're still the SEC East favorites. They're still probably going to be in Atlanta on the first week of December, but with with everything you lost and and you know with bringing in a new quarterback and. And stuff like that is this a you know I'm not going to get my expectations way too high because I'm just so starving for a national championship you know what I mean like I can be a little bit realistic when I say that's probably going to be a more of a transition year next year but at the same time it is still national title or bust Um, but next year Next year might be a little bit more of a reload type year that we saw. Uh, Maybe from, I don't know, uh, Alabama in 2019 type year. Hopefully not going to the Capital One Bowl, but we might lose a game in the middle of the season. We might lose in the SEC championship. Alabama is going to be the favorite next year, but that's okay. Okay because we're national champions Mm
1: -hmm. that's this will be the most that I think Alabama has returned in one year and not just because they're coming back for a finish the mission year like these guys are actually just young like they're all like freshmen and sophomores like that's just actually the case for Bama this year which is very rare but um yeah in terms of Georgia that defense of course you just listed all the names off all those guys are going to be gone most likely and if they're not gone um and they do come back that's great for Georgia but that just doesn't seem the case a lot of these guys came back for a finish the mission type year they said that this was a year of destiny this is the year they had to get it done so they came back to do that and now they did it um so I'm assuming a lot of them are going to go off to the draft um wherever walk on to NFL teams everything like that and then on the other side of the ball offense of course White is gone Cook is gone I wasn't sure about Pickens. I didn't know what year he was. so that he's, a I,
0: junior, he's a
1: junior, but I,
0: I just think that he's gone. I think that he's a second or third round pick. I
1: wouldn't be surprised if he wants to stay.
0: I wouldn't be surprised either way.
1: The one guy that I think needs to go now because he doesn't know what his future is going to look like is Stetson. I'd have to say that if he wants to have the highest draft stock he can possibly have, now's the time to go. Because come next year, something could go wrong. JT Daniels, Brock Vandergriff, come in there, challenge him, compete with him, possibly take his job. We're not sure because we've seen it be up and down in the quarterback room with Stetson and and everyone else and everything like that. So I think that right now, even though he might want to stay because just how big of a Georgia fan he is and, and everything and his whole story and everything like that. I think right now would be his smartest time to leave to be able to maybe possibly go what third round, maybe fourth round and everything like you that. You think
0: Stetson Ben is a third or fourth round pick?
1: I think there's teams that will take that risk. I think there is. I don't think I don't think he's a third, fourth round pick. I'll actually say I'll say fourth, late fourth to like early sixth. I think he will get drafted. Wow. I don't think he's gonna be a walk-on. Cause like you have okay. to think like people make fun of Stetson and, and how no, he met.
0: I I, I am there. I I I will build a shrine in my house for him, in my, <laughs> my house when I move out. Like, but I will I, eat so much crow over this offseason because we were able to win it with him. And because he, he played a really – he played outstanding against Michigan and he played great against Alabama other than the fumble that I don't think was really a fumble, but whatever. Yeah. How can a that fumble – side, side note, how can a fumble go eight yards? When you're th- when I thought you thought throwing- went eight
1: yards backwards though.
0: No. I mean, at worst, that's intentional grounding. Anyway, anyway, yeah. I don't, I don't think that. I don't know.
1: But yeah, I, I, think, I think he can get picked up by.
0: To. I think he can get picked up by a team, but fourth, fifth round pick.
1: I think he has to go now because I don't know. This is. It reminds me of the Cardale Jones situation. You wait that extra year and and JT Barrett came back and, and who else? And, and now they're not sure if Braxton Miller is going to still be playing quarterback. They don't know about this guy and that guy. It's like, so you, for, for, for Stetson, I don't know if it's going to get any better in terms of draft stock rather than what happened right now. The last two games we saw from Stetson, Michigan and Bama game where he's played well in both of those. Like I don't, and this, this has got to be the time if there's any time to me. So that's why I said, I think, and and this is the thing I have, I think people have to think about. People make fun of Stetson because of what I, I feel. Well, this is what my opinion is. I think it's easier to judge Stetson and, and make fun of him because of what we know is behind him in JT Daniels. Now, you take away JT Daniels and you take away those other guys, people would probably love Stetson a lot more. He's better than Jake Fromm. I'll tell you oh, that. Oh,
0: yeah. So,
1: so, so it's like, and, and, and he's better than, he was better than Cade McNamara and some of these other quarterbacks in, in the college football right now that people are think are so high and mighty. Like you got to think what quarterbacks are really top picks that are coming out this year. Yeah. Matt Corral, Malik Willis. Like, and after that, it's not like, it's not like a ton of guys like that you can just start spinning off. So Stetson can easily etch his name into like what the top, six, seven quarterbacks that are coming out this year and then he'll most likely get drafted that way.
0: I just don't see. I think he leaves because how can you...
1: Right out he on all, a high... he,
0: all, he Exactly. How how much better can you... I mean, you write off as the first... As the first national championship quarterback since Buck in the eight in 1980. You played great you won over every single georgia fan now every single 80 percent of georgia fans are eating crow um you know you never have to pay for anything in athens ever again yes you have that extra year of eligibility but i would be shocked if he came back i don't know if he's i think a draft pick I would be absolutely shocked.
1: Jake Fromm was drafted in the fifth round,
0: but is that was a weaker co- that. W-
1: this quarterback class is weak.
0: I know this is a weak quarterback class, but I mean, I don't know. I don't know.
1: I, I think. I think Georgia. I think. Fans th- like, I think like, third,
0: fourth, or fifth round is a stretch. I think
1: we've all been hard on Stetson, but I don't think he's as bad as people like some people think he is like he makes stupid mistakes in the worst times that's his problem but it's not like he's not it's not like he's out there just making a ton of mistakes you know what i'm saying no
0: no i won't i won't disagree with that um i was definitely a lot harder on him because i was team jt um
1: right now they have matt corral sam howe kenny pickett desmond ritter
0: sam sure who Strong
1: is and malik willis
0: Sam Howell is very overrated.
1: Yeah,
0: Um, but I don't know. Um, You know, we could talk about that all off-season long, but I want to talk a little bit about this game. And obviously, you have to look at um, the first quarter when Jamison Williams goes down. You said that it was over. I. I didn't think that it was over. And I don't think that Alabama's offense took as much of a step back as it was as much as it really looked like Alabama was settling for field goals before he even got injured. And I think you just got to credit Jordan's defense in that situation. Obviously it played a huge role for Alabama's offense. You know, we, we were the key that we had coming into this game was who's going to be that wide receiver two and uh, then your wide receiver one goes down and did any nobody really stepped up it really affected Bryce Young I think Bryce Young didn't have the best game
1: exactly and that's what I was about to say is like to your point no I don't think that Bama would have won If he was in the game, I don't think that would have changed the outcome of the game. Would that have changed the score and made it closer? I do think that because it was so, so obvious. And it's crazy because all year long, me and my father and other Bama fans have been saying, why aren't the other receivers involved? Remember when Mechie went down and I told you and I was like, this is finally a chance for them to use the other guys that they have that for some reason just haven't seen the field. Like, I don't know why and and now we realize why they have no chemistry with Bryce Young and and it and it's very obvious they have no evidence of having played extensive time and they had no experience a Jai Hall was out there running routes looking good running his routes and everything but not catching passes the timing was off Bryce Young was throwing in front and behind them because he doesn't even know when this guy cuts because they obviously have not played or thrown routes together that often. Ja'Cory Brooks out there trying to reach one arm out and everything like that. Like, just freshman, young mistakes. And, and I just wish that the thing that we, and my dad talked about all season long, get the young guys involved. I truly feel that Alabama has a wide receiver room that if you get everyone involved, you could compare them to guys to when we had Judy Smith, Rugs, and Waddle. You really could. JoJo Earl can fill out that Waddle role. I think Ja'Cory Brooks could very easily do the Judy role. A Jai Hall could fill out Smith and everything like that. So it's just like a lot of a lot of players on this team that I just I don't know why they haven't got the chance to play because when you think about it, Judy, Waddle, Smith, and Rugs. All were playing as freshmen, and they were making impacts as freshmen. Smith caught that that touchdown to win the championship and a touchdown to win the Texas, or no, Mississippi State game in that season as a freshman. So I don't know why now they can't get involved, and that is where I think it comes back to Bill O'Brien. Why are you not using these guys? Because when we needed them the most, when Jamison's down and John Mechie's down, they have obviously no evidence of play, no experience on the field, and no chemistry with Bryce Young. And it ruined us because he hasn't gotten a lot involved. He doesn't get Billingsley involved. He doesn't bring any of the other running backs, which I know a lot of our running backs that hurt, Jace McCullen and Roy Williams are gone, but you still have Trey Sanders, who you barely play to. So it's just like, a, it, it was so obvious that, and this is why I said it was game over when Jamison went down almost all of our offense goes off of Brian Robinson and Jamison Williams. Like even if they're not getting the ball, they're the distraction for someone else to get the ball. And you take that away. And it's just like, there's nothing else. Bill O'Brien has no creativity and hasn't given any of the rest of these guys the experience for them to be able to play on a stage like this. Like, and that's, and, and, and like I said, I'll, I'll repeat this. I don't think, that any of that would have changed the outcome of the game. Georgia went crazy, especially during the last um, last quarter, scored 20 points in that last quarter, just able to easily go down after tiring out Bama's defense and everything like that. They had been on the field all game long, it felt like. But and, – and that happened. And so I don't think that would have changed the outcome of the game, but I do think that the score could have been better. There could have been more competition, but <laughs> – we got shorted by a guy, Bill O'Brien, who just won't play players. Like,
0: I don't know. I we knew that they weren't going to be able to run the ball as well as they did against Cincinnati. Obviously, he averaged what seven and a half yards a carry against Cincinnati, a little over two hundred yards. I think he had twenty-two carries for sixty-eight yards with the long of sixteen. We knew he wasn't going to be able to have that much success running the ball, but you know Alabama was able to get a couple of big plays um Hall came in had a couple of big catches Cameron LaTu was um successful or the leading receiver in this game but i don't know i just don't like you said i don't know how much losing Jamison will because Georgia had a better defensive game plan we saw a lot more man to man we saw a lot less zone um Got creative with some blitzes. I think we had four sacks on Bryce Young. Uh, a couple were at the end of the game, but we, a couple were, two of them were on the final drive when it was pretty much over.
1: Lanning but had a good game plan. For- it was a
0: good game plan. You know, we didn't, we didn't get the, pr- we got pressure consistently on Bryce Young. Bryce Young made a couple of big plays, but it's not like he. Um, they weren't able to punch it in for a touchdown, obviously. They kept settling for field goals. That's what cost them. They would get into position. They would have the uh, the big play of 25, 28 yards, Latu's 61 yard gain. Um, if a four 40 and Keeley Ringo hadn't have chased him down, then that was a touchdown. If any other if if any was, other, if, if, if any other player, if any other player on Georgia's defense were the last man to beat for Cameron Law, he would have scored that touchdown. But, um, yeah, I, I don't think that – it still didn't affect the fact that Alabama couldn't score touchdowns in that game. They were still settling for field goals, and I, I knew during that game that it was huge that they were settling for field goals. I thought it was kind of rude that you all finally have a kicker, but –
1: <laughs> yeah other than I'm that record and um and forget our your punter didn't him. have
0: a great game Who now? Your, your punter didn't have a great game No, but. yeah
1: our punter's not that good but um Will Reichard and the kicker before him are the last two kickers at Bama that have actually been like successful like and it's kind of crazy yeah <laughs> but um yeah like and 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 you're right like as soon as I saw on that first drive the first thing I said after Bama got that Went all the way down and went for a field goal. I told my friend because I was watching with him. I was like, "That's gonna hurt us." And I was, yeah. and I was like, "There's you can't start off this game going all the way down, doing all this good, and then get to the end, shoot yourself in the foot a couple times, have a good play by Georgia, and now we're settling for a field goal. Like it that's is. that's not gonna that's not gonna cut it." And I was, and, and I could dart, and I already knew it because the way that Georgia was playing defense, Landing has a great game plan. He saw that the blitz up the middle in the SEC championship was not working. Second Seth, Seth McLaughlin and our two guards were holding stout and they were making it very hard for them to pressure Bryce Young up the middle. Now the blitz is off the edge with Tyndall and um I'm forgetting the other one's name. Tyndall Carter. Yeah, exactly. All them coming off the edge. That is something that Alabama cannot handle. Chris Owens is not a great tackle. He's not meant to be a tackle. He's his original position has been center and he's played guard, but this year due to injuries and just how the offensive line room has worked out, he's been forced to play tackle where he struggled all season. And then on the other side, Evan Neal is our top guy, but when you overload him, when you send two, three guys at him at once, he can't handle that. That's like, that's not, that's not happening. And then our guard over on the other side, um, Emil Ekior, he's not going to keep up with that. So And he was just entered in the last game. So it was it was very obvious to me from that opening drive, just the way that Georgia was attacking our offense, that I was like, the touchdowns need to happen. Like, you can't be settling for field goals like I could already see it. And but the only thing that made me feel good at the time is because the fact that Alabama's defense was also playing well. Yeah, so,
0: Will Will Anderson game. was great. Will Anderson was fantastic. Christian Harris, three sacks.
1: Christian Harris, my goodness. One of best games I've seen out of him, and yeah. I, was, I was very happy with him.
0: I, and it, it was especially big because Georgia was shooting itself in the foot on offense. Yeah, Georgia definitely. was having a hard time getting going, especially in that first quarter. Lots Ridiculous penalty. It, it was the little things. It was the, it was the hands to the face. It was false starts. We said a key in this game was third down efficiency. Now, Georgia was not good on third down this game. But a lot of it – Georgia was in third and long. They were in –
1: And Bama wasn't any better, and I think that was the difference.
0: Yeah, and, and, you know, you you had to get chunk plays on first down. Georgia wasn't running the ball, which was making me want to pull my hair out, which I shouldn't say pull my hair out. I fear going bald, but I (laughs) – I – Georgia was just making me crazy with the penalties. It was the false starts. It was holding. It was – it was all on offense too. Georgia really didn't have that many costly penalties on defense until the second half. They
1: had ten penalties for 70 yards.
0: Yeah, and and there were seven penalties in the first half for 62 yards. And, you know, it just – They finally got something going, but Georgia was kicking field goals, and if it was going to be a field goal game, then I was feeling pretty good about Georgia's chances because I felt like eventually Georgia was going to break through, get a touchdown, and, you know, trusting this defense, playing a little bend but don't break in that first half, really shut things down in that second half.
1: It being a defensive game plays into Georgia's strength because, of course, we both know – Georgia's strength of their team is obviously their defense it's been that all season long and the defense has played four quarter games and that was something that we had also talked about in our preview show is that the fact that Georgia's defense has we talked about the fact that it might tire Georgia out or everything like that but remember I said Kirby doesn't really take that defense out like he's going to keep them guys in for a full four quarters he does not care Alabama's defense hasn't hasn't played a full four quarters all season not due to the fact that we're just beating teams they're just haven't played a full four quarters of effort all season they haven't (laughs) like and, and except for I would guess you could say the Cincinnati game but um other than that 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 defense has never held up any team Four quarter straight. So seeing that it was a defensive game, all these field goals happening, I knew it was just a matter of time. As long as our offense is going out there not going anywhere, driving down for field goals and, or just punting the ball off and our defense is back on the field, they're not going to hold up forever. And I knew the first thing that would give was our defensive backs. Kyrie Jackson went out there and got absolutely moss against Ad- Adonai Mitchell. And then George Pickens beating Kool-Aid, which we saw in the first sec championship that he had beat Kool-Aid a couple of times. So I, I, it was really just a matter of time. As long as Alabama was only playing defense, I, it was it was just a matter of time. This is not a team that is built to play defense. This is a team that was built to, let's put up all these points on you and see if you can catch up. Like,
0: And we talk about the fourth quarter. The fourth quarter is when Georgia woke up. Like, in past games against Alabama specifically, Georgia has started off strong and kind of tired – tired out in the second half this this game it's like georgia got better within with each quarter you know what i mean it's like the fourth quarter obviously obviously with the 20 points in the fourth quarter it was like that fumble stetson said after the game i'm not gonna let that fumble um i'm not gonna be the one to lose us this game and we saw that we saw that because that offense woke up. He went four for four on the touchdown drive. I think he had a he pass. He went eight
1: for eight after that fumble. I think. But on the, eight the, eight the eight.
0: touchdown drive right after the fumble, he had, I believe it was a pass to uh, it was a pass to Brock Bowers, and then another one to Kenny McIntosh. Then he got sacked. There
1: was one to Burton. And then that.
0: one to Burton. Yes. And then the touchdown to Adonai Mitchell. It was, it was uh, an incredible fourth quarter performance. Right after that, he was like you said, eight for eight. The defense stepped up, got an immediate stop on on three in and out. Right after that touchdown, and then he came back. He did, and we finally ran the ball in the second half as well. Oh, yeah, y'all. God, it was making bad. me so crazy that we didn't run the ball. Uh, it made me crazy after the interception from christopher smith we get the ball in alabama's territory what do we do we throw three straight passes god that made me crazy and then i said run the dang run the dang ball like Leanne tuie and then the next play, next series first play after the blocked field goal james cook runs it for 62 yards and then Zamir White punched it in for another touchdown. It,
1: and I said the, the name it, that we, the Alabama was going to have to look out for was James Cook. And I said James Cook and Brock Bowers. I didn't expect A.D. Mitchell to snag over Kyrie Jackson. I, I'm not going to make excuses, but I didn't, if that was J.R. Davis, he wouldn't have got snagged on. But I didn't
0: celebrate. I didn't want to celebrate until the clock hit zero, but – when it was 19 to 18 and Georgia gets the ball with about 6 or 7 minutes left and they're just pounding the ball down Alabama's throat with Zamir White it was done, it was done. with Zamir White I just it reminded me of the Clemson game when we had the ball for 6 or 7 minutes to end the game and we just started getting 5 yards here a 9 yard run here a 4 yard run here was tired. that's it, exactly and that's, and that's when I was like okay I think we're going to win this game. because You
1: can see even Will Anderson had slowed down, and that's not a guy you see slow down that much. And then the, I think the most obvious person who just absolutely, like, When Henry Toe gets tired, his his mind is just like elsewhere. Like there was probably four or five times I see him running in the wrong gap in the wrong place during the run play, getting absolutely blown off the line by this or that alignment in the wrong place during coverage and everything like that. And as soon as I started seeing Toe kind of get off because he's our quarterback of the defense. As soon as I started seeing him get off and then the corners getting beat a little bit more, I, it was it was over. I knew it was over at that point because we weren't scoring touchdowns. We weren't getting anywhere, and and Ajay mm-hmm. Halls not catching the ball. Jaleel Billingsley dropped a couple passes that I think he should have caught. Corey Brooks like and the running game was not there at all. And then the I, th- I can't k- stop coming back to this. Bill O'Brien zero creativity, zero creativity came into this game with the same exact game plan that he had in the first Bama Bar- Georgia game. And I don't know why he thought that would work again. Why he thought that Georgia was just going to do the same thing and lose the same way again, but did not do any of that. So, yeah, hats off to Georgia, but yeah, I, that's 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 what I have to say about the offense. And then, of course, just great defense, especially in that, like you said, that second half, that court, that especially that fourth quarter to finish off the game.
0: And then, you know, it was an eight yard. It was an eight. The touchdown to um, Brock Bowers on the little one-yard flat uh, completion. I mean, it was an eight-point game. At that point, I was like, "This." I I couldn't help but think back to the Iron Bowl when Bryce Young led that amazing drive. But the Keeley Ringo interception. It was like, okay, it was. That's when the feeling of relief came in, and I dropped to my hands and knees. (laughs) because, you know, it just – you can't help but have those feelings, like, oh, my God, when – like, I thought it was when Stetson didn't fumble, but it was called a fumble, but it was actually – it never – like, I was just waiting for that, because it's like you can't help but have that feeling of watching every single play – here we on go pins and needles you know it was yeah. just like and like what are the odds what are the odds with that play
1: i don't know how that happened christian harris i do think that it was a fumble because if you watch the stetson play versus what bryce young did in the first quarter and bryce young you can actually see his arm like physically go forward over. oh yeah
0: that one was obvious i think
1: yeah and then with stetson it was like he got up but he wasn't able to get through. So then when his arm stopped here and the ball flew out, I think that's what caused it to be a fumble because he, he was only able to get to like here. But like, if the ball know, is going, you can't see us and everything like that, or listeners can't see us. But like he was only about to able to get his arm about to his shoulder and wasn't able to actually get it forward, and then it came out. The most lucky thing about that play was Brian Branch <laughs> recovering it with one foot, one hand on the sideline. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know. I, that... I
0: I I immediately thought of um that play in the Super Bowl with the Patriots and the uh, Falcons. Where Julian Edelman like oh my that God. Amaz- like that tip pass, and I'm just like, okay,
1: how does that even? It's happen? happening. <laughs> it's ha- like how does that
0: happen exactly? How does okay. that happen?
1: How do we get this is eating? that
0: this is that BS play that is going to lose us that change
1: game. momentum and switch exactly. everything. And I really thought it was going to be, I was like, dang, like, I don't know. Like, I can't even get on Twitter and talk my mess. I can't say nothing. Cause that's luck. Like that yeah. was not, even when you, when they showed the cameras of Brian branch on the sideline and they were talking to him and they were like, Oh, like pat him on the head and stuff. He was just looking like lost. Like uh, I didn't, I didn't try to like, <laughs> like thanks, but <laughs> that was not being planned. That was not the intention.
0: Yeah. But Nonetheless, the Georgia Bulldogs came back from that and they didn't, they, they killed the narrative just like the Braves did. And they didn't let anything stop them. They got better within every quarter and the very, the next two drives, they scored two touchdowns. They got their play. Oscar, They got, I was about to say Oscar double. Um, <laughs> they got Brock Bowers involved. They got, it started running the football more. They didn't, they didn't go back to the same mistakes that they always make against Alabama. Stetson had this, it was almost like in game six of the world series when Max free got stepped on, but something clicked in Stetson's head to where he just completion after completion. And, you know, yeah. Will Anderson is coming. Christian Harris is coming, but he's throwing it, into he's throwing it quickly. Like he got it quick. Like he wasn't going to be the one that lost the, the championship and I, I goal. respect that. I am just floored and
1: honestly, I am too. I, I thought and and this is one thing I've said. I said this in a Twitter space yesterday. I have to give my hats off to Stetson because as long as Stetson was in there as the starting quarterback, as a Bama fan, I felt great because I just feel like if you do enough to get him off his spot and pressure him and everything like that, he will make a mistake he made a mistake not by his doing on purpose it was accidental of course I mean all interceptions are accidental but the fumble was even more accidental than anything he could have done it wasn't really under his power um, but I felt like he would make a mistake and he didn't he didn't do that the mistakes were were imposed upon him in the fumble but he didn't throw any bad throws that were just wildly off unless there was someone in his face he wasn't throwing picks he wasn't he was being smart with the ball so and and I have to give him hands off to that I mean hats off for that and then the other thing is that um Todd Monken came in there and and Kirby let him know you gotta run you have to run you cannot sit back take sacks you cannot do this and that like in and and you can throw it away but we'd rather you get at least four or five yards so we can live and get to that third down where it's third and four and third and five and third and three. So, and that's the difference. And Stetson played a great game doing that.
0: And to that point, you're also not going to outsmart Alabama. You're not going to outsmart a Nick Saban team. You're not going to outsmart those players, no matter what age they are. They, with these little end arounds to Lad McConkey and to um, yeah. trying the flea flicker that ended up being intentional grounding, you
1: when I saw it, bro, I was feeling so good when I was seeing those things happen too. I was like, like what you, are they doing? <laughs> you just
0: went back to playing Georgia football and it worked. Yeah. got Samir involved, got James Cook involved, and look where it got us. I'd like to point out that this was that my reverse psychology was successful before we go. that was one of the um, things I
1: thought about too i uh, I, like, wow, I chose really Georgia
0: good. for the previous seven games against Alabama. I chose Alabama this time, knowing deep down I was helping this team, <laughs> and I could do anything if I could do my part in any way possible.
1: Do your part.
0: <laughs> then I was going to do it, and you were
1: putting the, the the good vibes into the air, exactly the mojo.
0: Yeah. And, and so, Congrats. you're welcome, Georgia. Congratulations. I'm glad I could do my part. You got anything else before we go?
1: Do your part. I, Bill O'Brien, leave. Get out. We don't want you. We, yes. I, when we first hired Bill O'Brien, I was like, what are they doing? We saw how he ended up with the Texans. This is stupid. <laughs> and we still hired him. And now we're realizing it was a mistake. Please send him to Oklahoma. Send him to to wherever. I do not care. Actually, Oklahoma got their coach already. I'm forgetting. Send him anywhere, please. Send did you him did Oklahoma. you see
0: that TikTok I sent you? I'm not going to play it on here because I which one. don't play it on here because there are a lot of explicit. There are a lot of okay. uh, words, oh but it, it's it's really funny.
1: Mm-mm.
0: But guys, that's going to be the show for us today. The Georgia Bulldogs are national champions. The Braves are world champions and we'll be back later this week, hopefully with our NFL playoff picks with a little preview of the playoffs and hopefully uh, talk about these firings in the NFL. I know there were some shocking ones and then hopefully next couple of weeks, we'll talk a little NBA as well, but this time for Justin, I'm Chase. This has been let's get it. Deuce deuce.